Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark, Stephen, and I will be talking today about how people fully break free from addiction, treatment, and recovery. And just to be a little bit timely, we know that everybody's probably um, stuck home right now. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty, (laughs) when you're stuck with yourself, that can be a tough place to be. Um, but we're here and we're here to help. So if you need somebody to talk to during this time or, you know, call our toll-free number, 888-424-2626, and you will actually get me. I am answering the phone right now. So um, I just want you to know we wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family to help people to learn how they can overcome addiction and move on with their lives. We offer an incredible opportunity to work with us directly through private video conference. Um, Our retreat is also still open. You can learn about the Freedom Model private instruction program at leaveaddictionbehind.com and at thefreedommodel.org. And you know, I think this is a timely topic too. What we're gonna talk about today is the benefits, and I put that in quotes, of heavy substance use. Um, All people make choices based on what they believe will make them happier in each moment in time and a lot of people are concerned right now that uh, without meetings without support um, with sheer boredom that's going on people getting stir crazy that a lot of people will go back to heavy substance use and feel like that's somehow going to um, help them through this time and so so I want to you know I want to talk about what, what what benefits can drugs have all right. Well, can I jump in? I just want to jump in with the offer that we're doing right now. Um, for all the listeners out there, until April 30th, you can get free copies of the Freedom Model. Yep, um, and the Freedom Model for the family. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And just uh, go on to our Facebook page, and you can see the uh, the the offer there. Uh, it's a no obligation situation. You can literally just. Uh, uh, type in a, a coupon code and then you get the book for free. Yeah, you know, so yep. on our website only, and it's it's for the digital download, um, and uh, which you would can get right down on your phone. Yep. And this is not the um, the abbreviated ebook that right. we've had out for a few years. This is the full book. Yep. 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 So you're getting a free copy of the Freedom Model, um, and also there's an offer for people that that want to do private instruction, that want to be taught the Freedom Model from from home. You yep. know, because everybody's stuck at home, and we've done this for eight years. We've helped people from home uh, via tele telemedicine. You know, through through the phone or over Skype or Zoom or FaceTime. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're willing also to do a free half hour sort of consultation session with you if that's something that, that you want to try out yeah. uh, while you're at home and then sign up for some classes with us. And uh, we would love to teach you the Freedom Model. And quickly, the retreat is open. We are at a kind of a bare bones staff. The three of us are here pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a, a chef and somebody that's cleaning, doing the cleaning for us. And, and that's pretty much it. So if you, if you feel like you need uh, residential help during this time, um, we've, we're limiting it to just three, three guests at a time right now. Each person would have their own bedroom and bathroom. So you would stay almost like isolated, but with people, so to speak. Um, so you're not alone. 
and um, and certainly we're willing to work with you. So definitely give us a call if that's something you're looking for. And I think it's important for people to understand where we're located. Um, you know, being right. being in New York, everybody freaks out that you know New York is contaminated. Well, we're we're way north of the city, and we are out in the middle of nowhere. We literally sit on eighty acres of windy terrain up here on the plateau. So you're out in the you're out very isolated, which is which is nice. It's beautiful up here. It really um, is. So, uh, yeah. So it's 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 a good situation. Yep, yep. It's a safe uh, situation to be in up here. So, okay. Now, can going through this whole mess intoxicated be helpful? <laughs> <laughs> I know there are some people out there listening. They're going, yes, it's helping me right now. <laughs> but is it? That's the question. What are the benefits of heavy substances? Well, it's funny because the way this topic came up, in the last uh, two to three months, we've had three guests that came here specifically with this um, request, and that is, I continue to drink and I don't know why. I've read your book, and I'm right there. I know it's not a disease, but I really feel out of control still, and... And it's really interesting, and I know Steve will have some things to say as well, Michelle, on this. Um, it's interesting because what treatment does is they focus on uh, consequences and costs, and they really harp on how you shouldn't want to get high and or, or drunk. And, and that's, it's incredibly ineffective because that's not how humans are motivated. Humans are motivated by the pursuit of happiness, by by moving in a positive direction. They might temporarily be motivated by fear or something, you know, some negative cost uh, that might push them in a direction. But ultimately, they're going to look for, for the benefits. And, and so it's really interesting because the last three guests I've had, and I know Steve's had some, and uh, uh, Michelle too, they, they say, well, you say, what are the, what are the uh, benefits of drinking? Why do you drink? Give me an example of the reasons why you drink. And they'll start with a benefit like, oh, I escape. And then they'll immediately drop mm -hmm. right into costs and yeah. consequences. It's remarkable. And then I'll go, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. I, I didn't ask for costs and consequences. And they kind of look at me and I say, you know, no, we're talking about benefits. Yeah. And Can, I'm just going to stop yeah. you right there because when I do have people go, write a benefits list as an, and I'm very, very clear and deliberate about, I only want you to write about the benefits. That's it. They come back and they say, I did the cost benefit exercise that you had me do. Right. Yes. And I, here's all the costs and benefits. I'm like, when did I ever say anything about cost? cost? Nothing about cost. I mean, just as a side note too, another thing I've noticed recently with the new workbook that, that, I put together, um, it it says substance use throughout and we'll go through it with people and they'll read out the question and they'll say substance abuse. Yeah. Right. Yes. Every, just, as, just as a side note here, yeah. we're so used to talking about things and thinking about things in a certain way that people can't, they don't, they read the word term substance use. Right. It doesn't register. Yeah. It goes in their mind as substance abuse. That's right. We say that they're doing something wrong. Give me yeah. a list of the benefits, and they say, they hear, give me a list of the costs and benefits. Yeah, it's yeah. really amazing how ingrained that is, and that's a that's a treatment model, 
you know, and and they try to scare you into abstinence, you know, by harping on the consequences. Problem is, is that because we're not motivated that way, all that does is make um, using uh, more attractive to people. And that's why. It, that's why when they get out of rehab, they explode into use. Well, that's you know? what I want to explain that a little bit because I I actually had a conversation with a woman this morning about this exact thing, um, because you know her her son is is drinking himself to death and now he's in early stage liver, liver failure. Yeah. And um and and she's wondering, you know, she said, "You know, I really she she got it though. She she read the family book and and she was like, "You know, it occurred to me that if, you know, if I were terminal and I thought drinking was helpful, like I I like it was something I enjoyed. I she goes, "You know, I've often thought if I if I find out I'm terminal, I'm going to eat as much cake as I want. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of that same, that's what we talk about when we say that it makes substance use look more attractive. Because if it's something that you enjoy and you feel like, like you can't be happy without it, and especially when you're stressed out about like this whole craziness going on or if you have health issues or whatever, yeah. um, if that's your go-to thing that makes you feel good even if it's for a minute, yeah. You know, then, yeah, that's what we're then talking about. Then sitting there thinking about the costs makes you feel bad. Yes. And then you want to feel better. Yes. This is exactly... It's a loop. It's so strange because it's the same thing that Alan Carr said about smoking. You know, they put yes. they put the lung cancer thing right on the pack or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, you know, Pregnant and then, women. And yeah. you think mm-hmm. about... You feel so scared, so worried, and what is the thing you go to? to deal with mm-hmm. being scared and worried is cigarettes. So it's, it, it really is the same thing. It's, it's the it same is. principle. Um, now, now we don't just end with looking at the benefits because, you know, we obviously don't encourage heavy use, right? right. It's not something we don't discourage it. We don't encourage it, but it obviously has health ramifications. So the second part of this that the listeners need to understand is once they list out the benefits, once we get through that sort of window and, and get them away from the cost part, um, because everybody knows the costs yes. already. You know, they've been scared to death for, in a lot of cases, years. Um, then we go into, are the benefits real? Are they real? Exactly. You know, what are the, and so we call them the perceived benefits. Can I say one more thing about the costs? Yeah. Yeah. Is I, I've got a question in the workbook now that says, is there any cost or consequence you've suffered by um, by your use, by your substance use, that has surprised you? And everybody says no. <laughs> it's like across the board. Like, so if and you know, and I put that there. True, true. I put that there because I I know we're well aware of the costs, and I wanted to hammer home the point. So people are are aware of the costs, but they. It's shocking because uh, when I have them finally write the the perceived benefits, um, it takes them a little while. And then we have yeah. to sort of go through it and I have to prime them a little bit. I'll say, well, wh- what do you get out of it? Do you feel like you escaped? Do you feel like, you know, um, you get rid of your depression or whatever it might be? And, and they'll say, yeah, 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 that. And then I say, okay, get on a roll and tell me why you drank or drug. And they end up writing usually anywhere between five and thirty-five benefits. It can, I mean, it, it can be a massive list. And you know what's interesting about it? And I've had this happen now with my last two guests, um, and people that I've worked with on online. Um, their benefits will almost to a man will 
contradict each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, they'll say it makes me uh, not angry and relaxed, and then not, then it makes me fight with my wife. Yeah. You know? It, it gives me... I actually heard somebody was like, yes, it, it totally relaxes me and allows me to have a good time with my husband. And then it also... He allows me to feel anger toward him. Yes, I get to I, I get to speak my mind. I can him. express yeah my anger. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and then so I'll say, okay, so so how, which is it? Yeah, like, can it and, and it actually do both? The important part about it is that that pharmacologically, the can't it, it can't it can't you know target these thoughts and insert themselves. That's what Steve always says. It can't insert itself in your thoughts and and target one thought and then target the opposite thought and you know antibiotics if you take them they kill the bacteria it doesn't it doesn't say no today i'm not gonna kill the bacteria today i'm gonna partially kill the bacteria and tomorrow i'm gonna wipe it right out do you know what i mean it's not that that's pharmacology right you can look at it in a microscope and see it so how does alcohol microscopically go into your thoughts and into those certain brain synapses and neural networks and target a thought yeah. You target an idea. And it, and, and it does hit these neural networks, but there's a massive ton of neural networks involved in any... Yeah, trillions of, of uh, neurons. Yeah, in, involved in any very specific thought process, psychological event, and by their nature, drugs hit a small right. little section, subset of yep. those neurons. So there's even, you know, if, even if we could imagine reverse engineering a... A thought process, a thought like my husband is an asshole. He deserves to pay for having cheated on me and done this, that, the other thing. Do you think there's a drug like that could recreate that? Right. That that, that could recreate all the exact specific brain activity that is involved when you think that. There's no possible way. And then, and then it also drifts into the metaphysical, like what is a thought? Now we're talking about yeah. something that doesn't even have substance. So now we're dealing with the brain and the mind and this whole thing, this rabbit hole. So here's what we know is that the perception you have of a benefit is the perception you have of a benefit. Yes. And my God, if you believe that you can escape the human condition, which is a very difficult condition, right? I mean, we all wake up going... I got to go to work. I got to make money. I got to, you know, right now with coronavirus, I got to avoid the virus. I got to, you know, and, and there's this whole laundry list of things that are challenges. And if alcohol actually allows us to mentally escape them, if it actually does that, pharmacologically does that, I tell people, well, then we should all be drinking. Right. But why is it that very few, if you look percentage wise, yep. why it's it's a tiny percentage of people that drink with, with this sort of binge hiding out right. in a hotel or, you know. Um, and drink themselves nearly to death. That's a tiny percentage. So, so can yeah. I jump in on something? Yeah, yeah, jump. Um, you use the word escape, and that is usually the first way when you ask people about the benefits. That's about all they can sum it up under, and it's very vague. Yes, but it's always the first one. Though. It kind of stands for um, relief of yes. depression, relief of anxiety. A whole bunch of things. It's all kind of wrapped up under this all-purpose word that nobody... You say, well, how do you escape? You know, it's like, oh, I got bills piling up in this. I was like, okay, so, you know, you, you do have to just go through some logical things. Does that make the bills go away? You know, obviously not. Does it... Well, it makes me forget about them for a while. Okay, well, for how long? You know yeah, what I mean? And, and, right. and then I and, say, I'll say further... How does it make you? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's, that's well. I mean, we got to hit every angle. That's yeah. right. 
that when when tell me how the the alcohol acetaldehyde how does that actually make you escape from a bill so does it does it target that again those neurons and does it insert itself into your mind making you unable blind to mentally see the bill sitting on the desk or is it more plausible that you feel a buzz go through your body and you concentrate on that and you distract yourself for a little while. Mark, mm. Mark calls the buzz tickling the meat suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I do a little <laughs> diagram on my whiteboard, whiteboard of a body and I say, that's your meat suit and your mind is the thought bubble above it. So what yeah. does alcohol actually affect? And, and yeah. That's yeah. it. That's so, it. Now, it may not, you know, the, it may not sound so significant, but the problem with drugs specifically is that we because of our our belief in pharmacology or you know this guy um richard de grand prix he calls it pharmacologicalism our just belief in the miraculous right power of drugs yes and holding that up above every other experience in life so we might have the i use the example of bowling because i was in a bowling league for five years and i'm kind of escaping when i do that like i'm not thinking about any of my problems work, anything, I'm focused on the game when I bowl. I'm not a great bowler, by the way. But but, you like it. but I go there and I do that with my bowling team and we're having a blast and I'm in that world exactly. for that period of time. And um, But I don't think of it like it, it never became a thing where every time I'm experiencing some difficulty during the day, I want to run off to the bowling to go alley, bowling. Yeah, right? yes. Because yes. I don't view it like a drug and of course, I don't view drugs as most people view them anyways now at this point. But but the way most people view a drug is that there is an objective chemical action that happens there that helps me, that, that initiates escape. Right. And there is not a chemical action right. that actually causes you to escape neurologically. It doesn't, that is not true. It's, it's you choosing to be engaged in that activity. And, and, and it is a and focus on the meat it's suit. you choosing right. yes. to focus, yeah, exactly, on this feeling. And the, the, the problem is the feeling gets boring. The feeling, we grow a tolerance to the feeling as yeah. well. As any as anybody knows, you know, you, could, you meet people who smoke pot constantly. They get to a point where they can work and focus on everything oh, yeah. but when you're young and you do pot it's a very attention grabbing experience but that wears off pretty quickly yeah. and so you know it it's harder and harder to be fully engaged in that and in any case it's kind of a choice to be fully engaged in it can right? i talk be- a little bit yeah. about that do you, do you want to jump in well i was gonna just talk about i actually said to somebody and this is not very popular you know with the people in our audience, but, you know, antidepressants and um, anti-anxiety medications, you know, whether you, you're suffering from depression or you're suffering from anxiety, it's it's kind of a little bit of the same problem. And that is you, it's, you, it's the way you view your circumstances and your life. And if you feel like things can get better, you can get, you can get stuck in a way of thinking um, when you're depressed that, that life is futile and it will never, it will never be better. Um, and so can antidepressants go into you and make you think that your life could be better? 
You know, can when you have anxiety, it's usually because you're worried about something off in the future. Yeah. And can an anti-anxiety medication go in and make you think that your circumstances are better or that no. your future will be more bright? And it, it, they don't have the power to do that. They don't do that. They replicate some of the physical feelings right. associated with not having anxiety. They might lower the blood pressure. Right. Right. And, um, you know, different things like that. So here's something that, that I go through with people. We talk about um, the escape thing and the, this idea that uh, my mind goes somewhere else when I drink. And, um, and I say, well, let's, let's look at that for a second. When you're 14 and you start drinking or drugging, you smoke pot for the first time or the third time or whatever, or you take speed or you do coke for the first time or the, the drinking is the first few years of hitting keggers and having fun, there's a certain allowable... Um, license to misbehave in cultures that allow you to to drink crazy and but it's yeah. new but it's new so you have two things happening at once one is the newness of your your meat soup gets tickled right you feel that yeah, buzz you feel kind of cool yeah <laughs> and then you interpret that as a, an escape of some kind because you were taught in John Wayne movies and Budweiser commercials and your parents and school and you know all these different ways you're taught that it's this massive escape well, then you keep doing it. And to Steve's point, you keep doing it. And now you're 35 or 45 or 65 and you're doing the same thing. And I say, are you still escaping? They say, no, I'm really incredibly bored, sick, miserable. Um, but, but when they write their uh, perceived benefits, escape comes up again. Yeah. And, and I say, now describe it to me. And when we really get down to it, almost to a man or a woman, they'll say, by the third drink, I have this little tiny window where it's new and fun again. And then I want more of that, and then I drink, and then I'm on a bender for four months, right? Right. Now, there's a whole bunch of reasons why they're on a bender for four months that has to do with treatment and all that. But, but the point I wanted to point out to them is that initial investment of the two to three beers or drinks or hits or whatever it is, is a tiny window of newness because you went from being sober to being tickling the meat soup, being drunk, mm -hmm. right, or high. And in that little window, you can be distracted for a little while because it's a change right. in your from mental your state. state. Right. right. And then it's incredibly boring. Yes. And then they get into that depressed drinking, trying desperately. They they talk about chasing the dragon, right? Beat yourself up and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wishing it was like it used to be and all that. And, yeah. and so the it's incredible to me that they'll hang on to... This I, I did it. I know exactly what it's like. You hang on to that little piece mm -hmm. and you focus on that little piece of what you perceive as euphoria and then you go down this horrendous train. But that benefit, that just proves the point that benefits will always motivate greater than consequences. Because you could be on a bender for three months of miserable drinking based on that little trying window. to find those little moments yes yes, yes. Yeah. even yeah. though you're incredibly bored sad depressed not escaping anything you know getting sick dry heaving having withdrawal yada 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 that's that's where people get confused when we talk about being happier yes you know is it's you know especially if we talk to, to families about it and we say like i said to this mother this morning i'm like well you know even though, even though he's going into liver failure, he genuinely believes he can be happier continuing to drink than he can be not drinking. And I, and I'm not talking about, 
you know, happier like he's at an amusement park. I'm talking about he's he's finding the, the, a little bit of relief in in what he's doing. Yeah. That's that's that one tiny step up from how bad he feels. Yeah, and sobriety represents in his or her mind something worse. Worse. And that could exactly. be, oh my God, I got to deal with life in a sober state of mind, and I just don't want to do that. Now, what's interesting is when you go through the benefits and then they're, they're perceived benefits because we're able to debunk them, yes. the actual value of them becomes very small. We monk the buzz. Yeah, <laughs> we, we wreck the drinking in a way, that kind of drinking and um, or drugging. And, and all of a sudden they go, geez, you know, maybe I don't... Maybe re- alcohol really is just an inert substance that can you know make me feel a little foggy yeah maybe that's that maybe that's all it really is it's not maybe, that exciting maybe opiates you know it can take away a little bit physical pain but maybe it doesn't do anything for emotional stuff right yeah so that that is why we need to talk about this right like that's why we need to get to the benefits so that you can when you want to let go when you're and so you can really feel like yeah. good about letting go at a certain point. Yes. You have to be able to tell yourself, oh my God, what is this? Re- this is not really doing anything for me. And you're in that moment where you're stressed out again and you think about escape with drinking and you say to yourself, that's not really going to be an escape, you know? And and when you can say that, that's the attitude of a person who um, is take it or leave it about alcohol or other drugs, right? If you can say to yourself, Eh, it ain't going to do much for me. That's right. But unfortunately, um, what you do in recovery, instead of hovering around, why do I need to drink? You know, do I want to drink? What am I going to get out of it? Right? In recovery, it's all, okay, remember, I'm an a- I got to remember, I'm an addict. And if I have one drink, I'm going to lose control. And here's all the bad things that are going to happen. Right? And it's consequences, consequences, right. consequences. Yeah, right. you never, and, ever get to the to the reality and, that you like it at and, some level. Yes, and and saying, yeah, and being able to say, what do I really like there? And, 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 and how, you know, can I feel all right making different choices about this? And yes, you absolutely can if you confront it. And you deal with it. If if treatment didn't exist, if the if the whole recovery society idea didn't exist in our culture, you would see people get over the problem quicker yep. and quite naturally. Even with the influence, the bad influence and the distraction of treatment. Because treatment, what treatment is, is a distraction from actually looking at the benefits. It literally is a method to avoid looking at the benefits. It's remarkably screwed up and it yeah and you it, it keeps you from looking at the benefits of change as well that's right now i get that there are some very inspirational people that will speak up and that's great that's nice mm-hmm. but the way um in recovery that this is structured is to keep yourself from drinking focus on the consequences of what will happen if you do you know what i mean it, it's not really the benefits of a, of changing it is what would happen if you don't change, right? Well, you know, here's, it's, here's it's, what it does. It, it it's two words: demonization and glamorization. It is equal parts. Mm-hmm. Drugs are the devil, and drugs are the best thing we've ever done. Yes. Yeah. I mean that that's exactly Absolutely. what happens. So so there's no middle of the road. There, there's no looking at what substances actually are and what they actually can and can't do. 
Yeah. yeah. That's why treatment is miserable failure. That's why being in recovery feels like prison. Yeah, and, and it's why a person sits there when they come through our doors going, I don't know why I keep doing this. Yeah. You know why? You know why they feel that way? Because nobody has sat down with them at a desk like we do and say, okay, what, what do you like? Yeah, what yeah. does well, yeah, it actually not, do for you? Yeah, you're well, because not, when they say, I don't know why I do this, they immediately go into listing off the consequences. Yes. There's no because reason I should badly. do this because look at A, B, and C that could happen. And they've, yeah, they're, they're trained to think about it that way and they're lost. And the only way to, get to, to, to find yourself here is to, really, is to really stop looking at all that crap and look at the benefits. I, I had the last three guests in particular, just it's the way it works out. Sometimes they were all drinkers and they were all older fellas and they were all um, really hardcore binge drinkers. Mm-hmm. And when we went through that list, within two days, they were totally blown away and they're like i'm just sitting there i am bored it doesn't take care of my problems it doesn't pay the bills it doesn't and they they rattle off all the benefits they thought they were getting and you can watch them free themselves you in two classes and then it was just the next two to three weeks was hammering home all the research that that shows them that they can change they have control they always have had out of control they were just distracted with a paradigm of treatment that focuses on consequences which makes drinking look more attractive and keeps you in the trap. And that is an incredibly sad state. It really and, is. But to my point earlier, I didn't finish it, and then I'll let you guys talk because I'm just babbling on. But um, <laughs> most people quit, even with the effect of treatment. Yes. I want to get back to this point. Even with all this nonsense being driven into the, the, the American psyche, um, over 90% of drinkers they quit. They quit in spite of it. Yeah. In spite of the... The, the matrix, and, and the addiction exa- disease matrix. Yeah. And that tells you how powerful the innate drive to be happier is. Yes. Okay? You will be happier not drinking and drugging as you get older. Now, part of that is as you age, you can't drink as much. And it's painful. It's a lot. And then you say, you know, I don't think. And the light, your life context is much bigger and it, drinking becomes smaller. So, yeah. But there's a lot of people... That they don't want to move on with their lives. They don't know what to do. They're frozen in place about how to make decisions and and where their life is going. And so they set out to kill time with drinking and they do succeed at that. Right, because they're so distracted, they're able to sit there and just focus on a buzz and in then, their easy yeah, chair. And then not only that, and then not- becoming, you know, an alcoholic by attending recovery yeah. right. and all of this becomes part of the whole bag that kills time and gives you a vocation which is drinking or recovering drinking or recovering drinking or yes. recovering oh, and a, a lot of time cycle. goes by so that that in a, in a sense is a benefit people are looking for and i know that sounds crazy no but no if you feel if you're older and you feel obsolete yeah. You know, or you're, a, I know young people that do it too, though. They, well, yeah, like it's, yeah. College kids who are coming out and they got to go get a career and they say, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm going to sit in my parents' basement and I'm going to drink or do a ton of get pills. high. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like the whole thing. 50 something women and whose so, children are gone. So oh, that's a huge mm-hmm. demographic. So, really, now when you're there, the question is so you think that alcohol has got a hold over you or that the pills do. And the question is more like, do I want to, is killing time actually what I'm looking to do that's, in that's, my life? Yes. And that's the question to face, right? Because, you know, 
And but you know, obviously we're weeding through a bunch of crap to get there. If if I'm going to also highlight and now to jump away from that. Yep. Uh, if I'm also to highlight what are the actual benefits of substances and what I can say is, you know, we obviously know with the stimulants, they speed up the brain. Right. Um, that can make you sharper on some things. I mean, pilots, they give them to pilots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Air Force. Um, so that's something real. That's a real benefit. Can't deny it, right? Um, pretty much every drug tickles like you, you know yes. like you said there's you a sensation yep. there are sensations there that you don't experience without the drug we can say the same thing of sex what is the benefit of sex sometimes it's a whole romance thing sometimes it's you trying to have kids right but most of the time it's experiencing sensations right. that you could find pleasurable and the thing is if you can see that that's all that's really there. I mean, there's some other minor pharmacological benefits we can get into, right? Yeah. Painkillers take away physical pain or at least change the perception of it, right? Yep. Which is helpful. And, um, or change the signals, whether they make it through. Or, but, but what is really there is sensation. Yes. And we make it so much more meaningful by saying, oh, well, it's, it, it's an escape. Right. You know, oh, it, it takes away stress and anxiety and yeah. depression. And and we and that's it, the drug is sort of this blank slate that we that we paint whatever meaning and, we want. And onto. Here, here's how I would describe it with my guests sometimes I say, when they have a really hardcore binge construct like that. I say, so you have a chapel and that's your easy chair. Say it's a drinker. You have your chapel, which is, and then you have your altar, which is the bottle, right? And it sits on the altar on your end table and you sit there and it becomes your religious experience because you have all these beliefs wrapped around it. And it's just a bottle of, of liquor. It's, it, there, it isn't intrinsically, it doesn't take away or give, it doesn't do the things. That's all you interpreting mm-hmm. the tickling of the meat suit. Yes, and having your, learned to interpret that's it right. this way that's because right. we all believed a bunch of this nonsense oh, I, I and I hate it. to call well, it nonsense cultural. because it but it is it's deeply rooted in the culture yeah mm-hmm. that's yep. a great point yeah I mean it's, we've all been raised even even Mark and I who were raised in AA I you know it, that is the belief within the recovery culture oh yeah they it glorify the it there to do all of these things yeah. And, and so I, I can remember thinking when I was young and my dad was going to AA, like, these poor people who can't have their alcohol, which is obviously awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel terrible. And I would drink to them when I started drinking, like, with my friends. I'd be like, this is for all those poor sots who can't drink. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I would do that. I love that word, sots. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's, I mean, the fact that it is cultural, that these beliefs, which is what I talked about with my last guest who was here, is that, you know, from a young age, we were raised to think that if you're unhappy, if you have stress, if you need to celebrate, if you need any of these things and you want to feel a certain way, that you can ingest something and it will make you feel that way. Yeah, and the the word here is make. Yes. That alcohol, drugs, 
make you da 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 da. Yeah. Okay, and and when once you start saying things like that, and you don't realize it, you're giving credit where it is not due. Exactly. Because the only one that can make you think a certain way is you. You are your thoughts. You are yeah. what you think. And so, you have control over them. That's right. You get to choose what you think. Yeah. That's right. And and in a set in essence, because you get to choose what you think, you know, you actually get to have some control over how you feel. Yeah. And what your perceptions are of your life as it is in your future. And that's why the benefits of use become so pronounced. If you believe it and you have a chapel and you have this religious experience and you put that drug up on a pedestal, it becomes a powerful agent in your life because it's all you making yeah. it that way. And, and it's real. Yeah. And, you know, you said something like, which is that, you know, the idea that it makes you like that it objectively goes in there and forces you to feel stress relief or right, forces right. you to tell right. off your wife or husband or whatever that it, that it does these things and or that it somehow forcibly pushes you in an escape from your problems right and like with bowling again i'm going to say people don't people don't talk about those activities that they like they say like oh it's it's my little escape it's when i get away from things they might mm-hmm. say it's my escape but they don't think that that it it biochemically makes them escape. It, right, yeah, right, right. Like, it takes them that, away. Yeah, that yeah. it does that. They might say, "This is my time off." You know, this yes. is this is me time. Right, right. And my husband stays with the kids, which is while accurate. I do this, and all of that is accurate. And we're re- we're recognizing yes. the activity as somewhat of an escape or relaxing or this or that or but we just don't we we even the language we use around saying those things is is very different it doesn't put them up on a pedestal in the yes. same way that we put the drug up on a pedestal yes, yes. so yes. Right. i think that's a good good place to close um so look at if you've read the book and you're still struggling and you want to talk to us call um, because this stuff, we, the way we talk about it, we've been doing this forever, um, and it took us a long time to get here. Yeah, this is a difficult topic. We just kind of hit the top of it, and people go, wait a minute, that's not the case. you know. And if you're one of those people, really, call us. I'm telling you, it, we could sit in class, and I could show you how this information will benefit you and free you. Yeah, a lot of times, because you're kind of plugged into the matrix, you read the book, and and we've had this experience where people have read the book they've read it more than once they've taken notes and and their interpretation of the book is is, <laughs> is skewed is by skewed the, by it, their current belief system well yeah like i recently ran into somebody who read the book twice and it's like i did this cost benefits thing again and again <laughs> nowhere in the book nowhere do we have you do a cost benefit right. <laughs> i've had i've had virtually every guest come and say it's that that's read that. the book it's yes. bizarre it, yeah it's, and but, but, and then they'll say about the chapters on the benefits and when, where we talk about stress relief and this and that like yeah i get it it, it only relieves stress temporarily and it's like we no, don't no you didn't get it because I, I specifically has a point, a, a sentence that is, I think, separated and then in a different uh, <laughs> margins. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that, that where it says, let us be clear, like it doesn't even it take doesn't away stress temporarily. Yes, it's not do. even temporarily. And but they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. It doesn't take it away. It, it only works temporarily. And it's like, no, you, you, you miss yeah. that. Yeah. And that's going back to what I was saying at the beginning about 
so I'll have somebody, I'm looking at the same questions on a sheet as them, and I go, let's go over this one, and they read it out, and it says substance use. Right. I'm looking right at it, and they say substance abuse. Right. Yeah. And it's, we're so deeply ingrained, the, these yeah. ideas are so yeah. deeply ingrained that, that people will read right past something and, and interpret it as the opposite. Yeah. That's right. We it's want crazy. you to be able to benefit from all the hard work we've done the last 30 years. We did the heavy lifting we for you. We did it all. So, so, so we don't, so if you call us, don't think that we're going to, you know, think that you're not smart or anything like that. It's not like that. We, we, we're here to help. We're here to clear, clear things up, Yeah. Yeah. you know, to, to kind of defog your brain from all of the nonsense that you've learned all these years. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the only reason we're here. That's the only reason we do what we do. All right. So I'm going to close it up. Do you guys have any final words? No, just, uh. Get your free book. If you haven't yeah. read the Freedom Model, just sign up. You can download it right to your phone and, and get on with it. And send it to your friends and family. Send the, the coupon codes to your friends and family. The more people that have this book, the better. Our, we really do want um, everybody to know the truth about addiction. Yep. Thank you so much for listening today. Hopefully, everybody will be able to get out and enjoy the nice weather soon enough. Um, if you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help in breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at 888-424-2626 or through our websites, thefreedommodel.org, leaveaddictionbehind.com, and our, our retreat site is soberforever.net. At thefreedommodel.org, we offer a bunch of free resources and information, including videos, podcasts, and eBooks. Digital editions of our books are available for free right now through April 30th, The Freedom Model for Addictions and The Freedom Model for the Family. Um, or you can get paperback or Kindle versions on Amazon. We can't offer anything on Amazon at a discounted rate because that's not the way Amazon works. Um, and if you have questions and you want to reach us, call us. I'm going to give the number again, 888-424-2626. Or you can in- email us at info at thefreedommodel.org, which comes to all three of us. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will be doing new videos at some point this year, um, but there's still a bunch of videos up there that are great right now. And uh, we have Facebook groups as well, The Freedom Model, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. I also admin a wonderful group called Leaving AA or any other 12-step organization. Um, and uh, there's a bunch of leaving AA groups and deprogramming groups on Facebook. So look them up. From everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.